Welcome to the UK Flooring Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool for manufacturers, retailers, and everyone in between. Now sit back, enjoy the show, and do not forget to hit the subscribe button. Welcome, Dave, to the UK Flooring Podcast. But let's put training centers, flooring industries, everything like that to one side. Who's Dave Russell? Gosh, uh, 45-year-old from Donny. Been a Don- Donny lad all of my life. Um, in fairness, from a little village that was middle of the sticks, just run by farmers, really. Uh, did really, really rubbish at school. Terrible. And now to actually call myself a, a teacher. Yeah, what a what a journey on that is. Started, uh, wanted to be working in like sports, doing sports management, whatever, went to college and, and et cetera. And from that, just, just progressed to where I am, really. I love being invested in when I was younger, and that just reflect where I am now. So how, how did CP assessments, like, how was it started? Was it, like, out your shed? Or, like, literally, how did you, work, like, what were you doing before CP? And, like, how did you think, right, I'm starting this? Like, what was that journey? Well, CP Assessments is Craig and Dave Wordsworth company. I, uh, I I run the Florida Academy side. Yeah. Uh, for that, you know, kind of for them. Uh, yeah. Uh, but my history, I, yeah, I started in, in sports a little bit. Uh, I even went to Butlins uh, and did a lifeguard stint there, which was, nah, that let me live a little bit. Uh, that jaw, get all of that out of my system. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, and then I got offered to be uh, an apprentice carpet fitter uh, at the start. Went through that, uh, got made redundant in the in the end. Um, did a small stint out of it, and then came back into it and looked at all the contract side of it and and worked all over the country. Um, I started teaching in two thousand and seven, uh, one day a week uh, for a company called CCL, um, with apprentices and then it progressed to two days three days four days and it weren't until another company bought that company out and had different visions completely uh they wanted to work more with the kids in the neat sector uh doing maths and english and what have you and i'm just a humble floor lay just like everyone else um and i got offered work with cp i yeah. had over 10 years ago and it's just come from strength to strength Good thing about this company, they'll let you just be who you want to be. Uh, they don't want you to look at what others are doing. They just want you to have a look what uh, we need to do, what we do. So, yeah, it's really good. For for the uninitiated, what does CP provide for the flooring industry? Obviously, you mentioned apprenticeships. What, yeah. what, what have you got going on week to week? You know, for someone that's never heard of you, how would you describe it and what would you do? All right, so apprenticeship, as you say, we also do MBQs as well. We do them nationwide, um, so we can go wherever the worker is, so they can get the blue CSES card. We do, we're at CSES testing centre as well. We do the one-day health and safety, so people, if they've not got a level two MBQ, they can still get onto site by attending the, the health and safety course followed by CSES test. We do commercial courses, so commercial vinyl, LVT courses as well. Um, and also we've started doing accreditations that are now backed by awarding bodies. That's just the floor inside. And the other side of the business is civil engineers. 
Uh, I don't do outside. I like to be nice and warm inside. So uh, <laughs> leave them alone a little bit. Lovely. So is it mainly carpets and LVT screening and stuff? Is that the uh, is that the coverings that you cover on the MVQ, like in the apprenticeships app? Yeah, the, the, the apprenticeships and MVQ uh, reflect each other a little bit. So, yeah, there's all the subfloor preparation uh, through and through, covering all the different elements. There's the domestic and commercial carpets. Uh, there's the LVT. There's the resilience sheet side of it as well. Everything from safety to linoleum, um, homogenous, heterogeneous, etc. Um, so there's all that side of it. And in next year, maybe towards the end of next year, we might be looking to... Um, introduce timber side of it as well. Okay, that was going to be my next question because that's my background to see. Yeah, uh, well, when are we going to see some? I, I will say some proper training. Not that there is any training, as far as I know. There's obviously courses and stuff like that, but I don't think there's any advanced courses, as far as I'm aware. So the only way you can actually get to an advanced level in wood is being on the tools, unless I'm incorrect. But as far as I know, there's very introductory course, but there's certainly no intermediate or expert courses as far as i know you're right and i think that's going to take um companies like um you know cpss which are the trading companies out there to work with the manufacturers and and, and push them boundaries uh yeah. we've done it with lvt uh getting that formally recognized as level three so it's just starting to get into them advanced realms uh and for timber floors that definitely needs to be the case because that it's huge isn't it Tim you know it's not what some fitters think of just the the tongue and groove and and fully down or floating floors there's a whole massive spectrum to it uh for your sand and ceiling different season woods etc so it's uh and um, people really need to be specialist in that area that's for sure and so one of the biggest i normally ask what the the biggest challenge in the flooring industry but i think you might be well positioned to answer what most people say. So they're saying there's not enough fresh blood coming through and not a good way of finding good floor fitters that want to do the work on your side of the fence. Obviously, you're seeing the fresh blood coming through. Yeah. So are you see, are you actually seeing streams of people actually going in the industry? Or what, why does everyone answer that question trying to find the right people? <laughs> it, it's hard. Uh, it really is. We've, we've got a dedicated team that, uh, are trying to find it. Um, the biggest thing that I've always said, you never see someone at school saying, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be a floor there. <laughs> but, nope. but never. So what we're trying to do, and, and I know there's an ambassadorship as well that's uh, going into schools, but we're actually starting to go into schools, explain what flooring as an industry is and the opportunities there. So not just, you know, installers and apprenticeships, trying to look at the whole industry to attract people so they know what, what's involved and where it can actually take them because it can take them um, uh, all different routes. I know my my career, you know, started on the carpet and then the commercial side of it, I, you know, I've done wood and what I mean, just got prepared to, to, you know, to go with it sometimes. Um, so we're trying that to up the ante. Yep. Some other bits, um, we, we advertise on behalf of employers as well, we're doing that so they don't have to. Employers, they've got contracts to deal with, they've got staff to deal with, day-to-day -day running the business. They don't want to be the hardest thing about, you, you know, staff and bringing young people in is recruitment. It's an absolute nightmare. So we want to try share that headache as much as we can. 
uh, yeah. pre-vet them as well. Because you know, I've had people in the past, and I'm sure you have, and many other people out there, they've had someone start, and in six weeks' time, they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. It's a waste of time, and it's frustrating, and it happens. If it happens twice, they put off then bringing new blood in. C- can you as a company get funding for getting the right staff? The reason why I'm asking is, We've obviously got a digital team here, um, and we, you know, one of our businesses. So we re- we hired a apprentice um, content creator, and it was done through a local company here, who quite clearly are financially um, um, in uh, what's what's the word um, was fi- financially incentivized, let's say, to put bums in chairs, but obviously. They've got to put the right bum in the right chair because most businesses, you know, if you put in giving crap candidates, you're not great. So the kind of actors a recruitment did is just so they do the interim um, interview, they do, um, they send you the CV, they chat to you about the person first, and then they send them for an interview. So they take all the pain away, but then obviously they are rewarded once the apprentice is on an apprenticeship scheme. But it yeah. takes all that pain away of you know putting the job on Indeed, putting the job here. They ring you and say, right, I've got six people. These are the six people that we think would be a good fit. Which one do you want to interview? And yes, I think we might have paid 500 quid at the end of the apprenticeship or something like that. But for the time saving, it was unbelievable. But that's for digital. So if you've got anything you can tap into, so say to go to, go to you know, a carpet shop that you know wants to get two apprentices and you could turn around and say, I'll find you two world-class apprentices, you know, and then I'll train them. Is that is that available or is that not available? Oh, am I talking rubbish? We we don't ask for any money. It's a free service and we don't get anyone from anywhere for the recruitment side of it. Right. Our incentive is we need that apprentice, not just to be an apprentice, but to complete as well. And yes. with that employer. Yeah, because we get our funding uh, government-led, so we get it through each month for that person. It's pointless getting it through for one month and falling off. That yeah. way, we can lose an employer as well. They might be put off getting another apprentice, so that's, you know, it's, we're robbing ourselves. So we, we really do spend time trying to make sure that they're the right people for the job. So they the start with employer, they go down, they learn and what have you, and also the complete and the employer wants to keep them because it's not worse than employer then at the end then you know but we're not another employer absolutely yeah well investment uh, and then that way what we've seen over the last 10 years is that employer that will have another one and they'll have another and they're just slowly investing their business because yeah that's the worst thing about apprenticeships people who don't invest properly yeah they're just thinking you can get someone to sweep up and, they, and they'll learn by just watching and whatever it is it's one of our biggest bugbears in the world. Um, but when they complete as well, we will then be able to uh, withdraw the, the final funding of the money, which right. is the of what the apprenticeship's worth. So I really need them to go all the way through. Yeah, we took a different view on, on the apprenticeship. We, we pay a proper wage. Um, and, yeah. you know, to be fair, they, they do proper job. You know, they, they're actually really talented at what they do, but they still have to do their apprenticeship work, et cetera. But um, it, it, it feels strange saying, oh, they're an apprentice when they're turning out world-class work. And I suppose it could be the same as a flooring apprentice. You know, they still, you know, even if they're young and they can, you know, after 18 months, pull off a really good screed or start, you know, laying LVT or whatever it is. Uh, you know, they, they may not be as skilled or as fast as someone that's been doing it 10 years, but 
there might be instances where they're better than that. You don't know. I mean, you know, some of the stuff yeah. our apprentice turns out is a lot better than I could ever do. So it's... Uh, you know, we say to employers, you know, yes, you've got the, the minimum apprenticeship wage, which is peanuts, but you pay peanuts, you know. Yep. <laughs> old classic saying. But uh, we, we, we say to employers, look, all right, if you're going to be starting on that, but at least say, but we're going to have a look at it in six months' time, see what you've picked up, and see then where we can pay you more, and keep giving them targets, keep giving them in incentives, because at the end of that, they're going to be helping that company grow and move to the next level. Uh, the apprenticeship wage is is a, is a bit of a joke, really, and you know, kind of like just over five pound an hour. Is that young person really going to be incentivized? Do they really feel invested in? No. No. So, uh, you know, we've, we've got to let them actually get into that work. We've, we've, one of my biggest bugbears, and it happened just uh, a couple of weeks ago, is the, the employee said, well, I've not given them a knife for the first, like, 12 to 14 months. Yeah. You're teaching them to be a floor layer. How are you going to be doing that? Yeah. Can and carry is not going to give anyone an incentive moving forward. You've we've got to we've got to teach them. We've got to you know support them through all these activities. Yeah, it might slow you down initially, but you know in a few months' time you'll be getting more work done than you've ever got done, and then putting money back in the tin. Um, so yeah, it, it does frustrate me how some of the youngsters are, be able to say, uh, stereotyped. Yeah. They expect them to pay nothing, and you know people expect to pay nothing. I don't know why they're surprised when they get nothing. Um, so, yeah, um, we've uh, some things that we've been doing is uh, is looking at because um, apprentices they talk to us and they'll let us know kind of like how much they're on and whatever. But the ones who were paid above the the minimum apprenticeship wage, they're the ones that are completing and progressing and making really good floor lays, the ones who have kept on that minimum apprenticeship wage, they seem to dissolve and disappear. Yeah. So it, it's just proof is in the pudding. Well, I think it's the same on bigger scale. You know, if you're out floor lay and you don't feel valued and you you move on, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're 16 or you're 65, if you if you feel the level of work that you, you, you're giving to and the effort and is not being rewarded by the right level of money, um, you know, and that's in fact we we brought that in as a company policy where we we pay a, a base wage and then we always have two, three, five grand uplift or whatever it is by just um, giving world class customer service, uh, following the company values and meeting um, monthly targets that are not financially incentivized. So by that means is just simply turning up when you said you're going to do um, and chatting through what's coming up in the in the following month and. And that's it. And then if you stick to those few rules, you get the uplift. If you don't, and you don't, you know, don't do the bit the base requirement, you get you get the lower amount. And that, I think that's that's a fairer way of doing stuff and keeps people incentivized rather than you just putting them on a, a again you get you see so get ROI. Um, you put them on a bigger salary, and then suddenly the the productivity goes down. So I think it would work with apprenticeships or yeah. a forty year old LBT fitter. I think it work for both. But no. I love that. Um, I've had a few 40-year-olds uh, on the apprenticeship who's changed careers, come from totally different backgrounds and uh, and absolutely run with it and, and made it great for themselves. Yeah, they didn't come on on a like an apprenticeship wage, does, as you say, a proper wage, but, you know, people shouldn't be put off with, with different ages and whatever. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Mike, that won Apprentice of the Year, um, I think for CFG, he's certainly not 16. No. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. He's about not going to ask, but... Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's been on the podcast, but it was an interesting podcast of corporate career to uh, Apprentice Flawlet, so... Fair play to him, he's, uh, he's good to have an absolute cracking career, so... Uh, yeah. So, the main, one of the main reasons, uh, Dave, I wanted to get in the podcast... Um, is you're having an open day, um, yeah, and uh, obviously Cockrell and Co. Uh, are supporting you with that. Um, so what what's the open day about? What does it mean to you? When is it? Give me the full the full nine yards on what's happening. Okay, uh, I'll start by. I think the the golden question is why. Uh, yeah, um, I'd love to go really deep, but. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for the full depth of it uh, as yet, but uh, I've suffered with mental health as as many people out there have. Um, uh, just over eighteen months ago, when I've had a, a series of breakdowns um, yeah. and life just overwhelming too hard, and I could not see a way out. Yeah, and it could have gone. Luckily, it went the way that it, it has because I've, I've found the support and what have you, but yeah. it could have easily gone the other way as well without saying those words. And Andy's Man Club are uh, a peer-to-peer uh, suicide prevention group for men between the ages of 18 plus. Now, one of the, the biggest things that I keep looking at, it absolutely scares the living daylights. I mean, is one man takes his own life every two hours. But, yeah. That that is England, and it, it, it's it's hard to swallow. So already today, you know, ten men may have taken their own life, and that's just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. This big provider, wouldn't they, you know? I remembered my dad, our get up, stop, you know, stop crying, be a man. Man, man up. Man, that is, yeah. And it's... Uh, yeah, you kind of like feel as sometimes a male that, you know, I can't show me emotions. I can't really talk about that stuff. Yeah, we can. Um, I've, I've, you know, learned to talk about it um, and I'll continue to uh, to talk about it more. Um, it's harder, I think it's harder to talk about it to the ones that are closer to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. about Andy's Man Club is... You can go, it's a peer-to-peer spot group, so everyone is, you know, going through their own struggles or been through their own struggles. Uh, as they say, going through a storm. And really, really quickly, you just feel really relaxed and that you're in the right place with the right people. These aren't counsellors. Uh, it is peer-to-peer support. And this is all done by volunteers and charity, by people who have been in that hard place. Yeah. Uh, um, is it a national charity? Is it national? Yeah. That's not. They started in Halifax. Um, now, Andy's Man Club, uh, Andy Roberts, who took his own life, and then Luke Campbell uh, and Mother um, started it and initially got, you know, a few people. And it just grown and grown, 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 grown. And that just shows how much Andy's Man Club is actually needed. And like when I go on social media and look at Andy's Man Club, every two, three weeks, you'll see another club has opened. Mm. And I've got a target to get an Andy's Man Club within 30 minutes 
of anybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, so people can can go but on a Monday night at seven o'clock. Monday nights. Um, so they're doing it early enough in the evening. Uh, so there's the work and other commitments, but they can do it early enough in the meeting to give them reason not to as well. Right. Um, so they can after every one man, which is another one of their, their slogans. And I just really, really just, I'm in awe of the work that they actually do and what they put into it and how they help people. Um, and I just can't think of any better charity and I'm not saying anything about other charities because they're absolutely, you know, amazing. We've just been raising money for Firefly, which is for cancer patients to get them to the hospital and back. Yeah. Um, so you know, what does the money go to? Obviously, there's the meetings and setting up the, um, let's say, the groups. Yeah. Where 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 else is, is that where the money goes to to do that, or what what's it put into the, the awareness or? There's all sorts uh, that the social media presence, uh, you know, is is always out there. Uh, there's online groups as well, so just like what we're doing on on Zoom as well. So if you can't get to a club, there's there's that as well. Uh, they do loads of different ways. I don't know if yourself or anyone else watched Emmerdale a few months, but but they actually got onto there and did a like a little Anderson Club in the in the pub. I don't want I can be pub, but I'd watched that episode and. That was a mad episode to watch, but um, and it's just, just trying to raise that bar of getting men to, to talk. Um, right. and at, at, at the meetings, kind of like you know, these men are people's brothers, husbands, dads, or as we say, the, the people of worlds. These yeah. I have gone through, uh, to you know, going through terminal illnesses, or know someone who's through terminal illness, lost someone, broke up with someone, going through just daily life struggles uh, yep. and at first when I broke that I, I didn't really know what made me start to feel the way that I did uh, that took over about four years so um, maybe maybe a little bit longer um, and yes I was in denial about it and whatever and it just et and et and et at me um, and I tried counselling and whatever you know, as we say AMC yeah they're just they're a, they're a bunch of heroes, to be honest, mm. and they, they need the support, they need the help to keep on growing and to keep helping people. So, so, you, so you're going to have the open day, which will have a raffle. Um, yeah. And what? how else is there? Like, give us a bit more about the open day. Yeah, we wanted to do something a bit different, um, if we can. So there's a lot of, like, the Harrogate show, there's other open days, but the, the visitors who go don't really get to get involved. Yeah, but we thought, you know what? Yes, it's a health and safety nightmare, and you know that's a nightmare that we've we've dealt with. That um, we we're encouraging manufacturers, and we've got twenty seven manufacturers actually turning up on the day, including Cochrane Co. Um, and where possible, we're trying to get people involved. I've just finalised our schedule of uh, practical things, uh, getting people involved in carpet fitting, in cap and cove, in LVT fitting, uh, actually making things so people can set things out. Yeah. Um, so there's that to sort of attract people as well. Um, companies like Uzi and Wolf, they're bringing all the machines and what have you. And there's a sort of Sega, Sega rally as well, so there's going to be a competitive edge there as well. Um, there's absolutely loads of stuff. When people come, they'll have an option to buy a raffle ticket. 
Yeah. Rattle tick. But for, for a fiver, and this is this is how I look at it, and I hope people agree, they're going to get fed for free. As whatever they want, there's no restriction on that. They're going to get free refreshments. With a £5 donation as well, we've got a licensed bar. Now, I'm not saying everyone come and have a, 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 you know, an ease up or whatever, but <laughs> if you're not driving, big responsibility. Um, you can have a free drink at the, the bar. That could be a Pepsi Max to a, you know, a Rattler Cider. Um, it's yeah. my favourite. Um, or you can have teas and coffees, which are just on tap anyway, and bottles of water. Um, well, so you're getting really, really good values. All the manufacturers and whatever, there's loads that have told us they're doing giveaways. Yeah. On the day. So just for one ticket as a fiver, I'd be surprised if people aren't buying four tickets. <laughs> or ten. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've been putting a proportion of my wages into the Chips uh, Giving pages, which we're going to be, you know, putting out to all manufacturers and, and across social media uh, really shortly and, you know, and seeing what we can do. Um, and I'm hoping with donations, the raffle uh, that's going off. And last time I looked, there's well over 10K's worth of prizes, well over. Yeah. Um, I know we're giving away. Um, selection of courses yeah. not just this course but it's like what course do you want so if you win a free course it's a course of your choice um so whatever values them and their company i know cockle and co you've uh listed uh, we're gonna do yeah we have 1500 quids worth of courses as well so yeah so we're we're, um, we're in uh-huh. we've, we've copied, copied you a little bit because on one of the courses we've actually given the free accommodation as well so it's uh um, you've you've incentivised us that little bit. We've got some other things up our sleeves as well. Uh, we've got spa breaks. There's free tools, tool bags. There's, there's absolutely loads of stuff, and we're going to be using social media to get that out everywhere. Online prizes from people who can't turn up, uh, and it's just going to be a really good laugh. Everyone like-minded is coming. Yeah, use it CPD learning. Um, use it to raise money for an absolutely amazing cause. Um, socialize with people so networking if you wish as well um i know there's some people that they come in because they want to invest a few grand in some machines and they want to use it so they're coming to use it to to save for investment then yeah it's yeah Yeah, that's brilliant so there's a whole array of you know reasons why people should 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 call and uh, and for the listeners what what day is in october okay it's october the 13th now friday it's that, that Friday the 13th. Yes. We're going to prove that. It's no to be scared of. Uh, honest. Um, and some people who know me were like, Dave Russell on Friday the 13th. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, there's uh, breaking that stigma. It's going to be 10 a.m. when we open the doors to uh, all the visitors. Uh, and it's going to be until about 5 p.m. We've got the prize draws happening at 3.30 yeah, where all the manufacturers and and supporters like yourself are going to come up and present all of those prizes, and um, so that itself is going to be, be, you know, be amazing in itself. Uh, and there's some astonishingly good things, perhaps. No, I think we talk about the show. You've 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 not got much limitation on numbers either. Is that right? We can we want we want the world to come within reason. <laughs> we want the world to come absolutely. Just ram them in like sardines. Um, like we we we've got nineteen thousand square feet of of trading spaces. So we thought right, we need to open up as much as we can. So like the the classrooms, which are the 
you know, which we have 30 people, we've gutted those uh, and we're splitting those up. Uh, there's the warehouses that, as well as what we've opened up, which we're clearing out as well. Um, we're just opening up absolutely everywhere and manufacturers responded and, you know, personal thanks to all the manufacturers and supporters because they're making the biggest difference, to be honest. Um, we're wanting, you know, I'd like to see a minimum of 300 people in, in that kind of area, which is, it is going to be busy. Uh, we're going to be called out. Don't care as long as we raise that money for Angus Man Club. Is there a target, is there a target or just as much as possible? <laughs> but I thought, but, yeah, <laughs> I just don't want to kind of like, you know, go set me send a target and be disappointed. <laughs> uh, it scares the living daylights of me not doing well. Uh, and I've said that to a few people, but it actually does. It's going to be a little bit of loss of sleep thinking if I don't do it justice, uh, have I done enough? But I'd love to raise a minimum of 10,000. Right. Uh, which is a nice, I think if, if the flooring trade as a whole come together, we can do it. Uh, it's a very male-dominated trade, so it's going to reflect, uh, you know, Andy's Man Club for males above 18. So, you know, it should. And I think, uh, you know, most people out there, if you ask a room of 20, 30 people, have you gone through mental health struggles? Do you know someone going through mental health struggles? Or do you know someone who's tried or followed through with suicide? And I bet in that room you get 95% of the people acknowledging, yes, we do. And well, I'll... I'll be straight up with you, Dave. I think I can't. I can't remember because Mark, I can't remember what I did yesterday, and because I'm still a bit hazy-eyed from the uh, Harrogate show. But I've definitely had two significant points. Um, I think, if I'm right, 2010, 2015. Um, certainly, I wouldn't say suicide, and I won't go into too much detail. But what I did do on one of these occasions was just jump in the car. And obviously we're in Darlington, so a bit south of Newcastle, um, and drive to the Lake District, and like in complete silence, and checked into a hotel, and turned my phone off. Obviously, I did. Actually, I did tell Sarah, um, the missus, where I was, and I was safe, and I was completely, like you know, I was under control. But I do remember, and it will always stick to me. And I don't know if this is a suicidal thought or not. But what would happen if I just? swung the car and I had a BMW X6, uh, X5 at this time swung the car at a bridge you know and I don't know if that is but I just I didn't obviously I didn't but I drove under a bridge and just thought I wonder if someone would ever do that you know just literally turn the steering wheel and so I'm with you there Dave and that's why I thought it was important to do this and that was just overwhelm that was um, jobs going wrong that was too much work in the diary that was probably drinking one or two cans a night and affecting my mindset. Um, stress, overwhelm, cash flow. It, it just, just yeah. And, and yeah, two, I, I can't remember the other one, um, but certainly I had to, let's say, get some outsourced help. You know, it wasn't like a 10-minute, oh, I feel a bit wee-woo. Uh, this is, you know, we're talking six, eight weeks, 12 weeks of like, I don't feel very well. Um and so that's why, you know, I think it's important to ask for help. But yeah. the other thing that I think is very harsh, which some people might disagree with me, but I'm going to say it anyway, but I genuinely think mental health is a choice, but you have to choose to get onto the other side, if that makes sense. And that, you know, someone going through that, 
is the last thing you want to hear. You're like, what do you know? You're, it's not a choice. I feel like this because you do feel trapped. You do feel like if you are going through mental health at that time, you feel like it's not a choice that you can't escape that feeling. But once I learned that it is a choice and once you can recognize to catch it before it gets a problem and you understand like more the physiological sort of like using exercise, using food, drink like a non-alcoholic, um, you know, using your body to your advantage and picking up on what could actually affect your mood and your performance, then it is a choice. You know, if you are drinking every other night, not getting much sleep, eating shit on a lunchtime, completely stressing yourself out because you've got no money, you know, all of those are actually a choice, you know, but at the time, it's like this vicious circle. So I find it quite difficult sometimes um, to be, let's say, empathetic sometimes because I'm like, the minute you understand it's a choice, the minute you get yourself out of it, and that is very probably the last thing someone wants to hear, but when you're on the other side, it makes perfect sense. So I don't know if that'll help anyone, but that's my take on it because now I can, um, I can see, you know, if I don't exercise for seven days in a row, I can feel my mood lowering, and I'm like, hang on, you know, you know, and that's and it's very, very rare. I probably haven't done it for three or four years where I haven't exercised in seven days, but I have done it once or twice where I've just come back off holiday and thought, oh, fuck it. And the minute it goes past that point, I can think, hang on, I feel like I'm going down a ski slope. And then, you know, you get back into your morning routine, going out with a dog, going for a run, going to the gym, lifting some weights, moving more. It doesn't matter what, what it is, moving more. It is, I wouldn't say it's the answer, but it, it certainly can transform into it's a long journey. Things into that you can do. Um, yeah, exercise, as you say, your diet, um, getting the right people around you. A million percent. Well, yeah. that that's... For me, that is the biggest one. Uh, yeah. Bad. I don't like using the word, but poisonous people um, who have not helped at all. Yeah. Negotiate. Because uh, if they can do that to one, you know, uh, not go into that. Um, and, but be around the people who are actually, you know, there for you and they're actually good for you. And, yeah. Uh, and on that as well, having people that you can talk to and sometimes that are not too close and that's yeah. I'm going back to Andy's Man Club again um, but I really do feel passionate about that it's like you might not go to Andy's Man Club for three four five weeks and then you just do yourself you know what I'm gonna go and that's yeah. kind of like that choice what you've just been you know talking about you can choose to go and you know and help yourself and be around them people and Andy's Man Club actually feel that they've kind of that's the most difficult bit, normally. At first, it is. Yeah. Um, but because then it's kind of like a group of friends or a group of brothers, you want to go. Yeah. So it can make you feel like you want to make that choice and you're part of it, and then you, you start on a positive cycle. Because uh, you say, yeah, it's a cycle that gets on, you know, out of control and further you go through it more, you know. It's, it's all about communication. You know, it, a lot of people, like, you know, hide it from the missus hide it from the husband or whatever, you know, same with the girls, you know, and just say, oh, I've just had a shit day or, or just this, or, you know, actually saying, look, I'm actually, I mean, that used to be the trigger word for me is I don't feel very well. You know, we're not talking man flu. We're not talking like, 
you know, and now my my missus understands, you know, if if I'm super low or super tired, you know, really been doing big events or something, you know, and it, you know, sometimes you you everyone has an off day, but it's that that trigger word to me is I don't feel very well, and it's like that and that and at that point the last thing you want to hear is man up, <laughs> you know, you just you know, but it's easier just to open your gob and say right, you know, this is how I feel. You know, I need, it's going to take me a few days, recognize how to get out of it. Um, you know, it might take a few days, it might take a few months, it might take a few years. I, I'm not a mental health expert in any capacity, but I certainly have delivered, um, created tactics for myself to ensure that I don't need to, like, let's say, not, not, not to look for external help, but to sort of dig myself out of a hole, if that makes sense. You know, I, I'm always making sure there's mud over the hole before I fall down it. Um, you know, and that's, I said, the exercise, alcohol. Um, I did a year, no alcohol, um, which changed everything for me. Absolutely changed everything. You know, it's it was like I'd go to a wedding and I'd have to drink and go out with the lads on a Friday night. I'd have to do that. It was like, I have to. Now, like, I'll go for a pint. And um, you know, like, for example, at the floor and show, uh, we went out for tapas and I had one beer. And I thoroughly, 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 enjoyed that one beer it was irrelevant you know if I was driving if I wasn't or whatever but that one beer I really enjoyed but you know if I was um you know back in the day I would have said oh told the missus to drive and I had seven because then I would have felt better but I felt great you know I enjoyed my beer and you know and etc so so yeah the one year's drink free also changed my relationship with wasn't a reliance whatsoever but it was certainly a strongly ground habit <laughs> that didn't help <laughs> um yeah you know so so yeah um so i'm just again um if anyone's listening is thinking bloody hell i was expecting flooring and uh this that and the other um i'm assuming anyone that wants to find out about andy's men man club just googles it goes on there what yep. what because i haven't done this so i'm asking for my own um um Reason that what is there's like a telephone number in there, an email. Like, what's the first step for someone that thinking, fucking hell, I don't want to do this, but what's the step? There's, there's Andy's Man Club detail on there. Um, it's made really dead easy. So, yeah, Google Andy's Man Club or put in www.andysmanclub.co.uk. Can't talk now. Um, and you can put your postcode in to see where your nearest club is. And then you just go and turn up Monday night, seven o'clock. There's no referrals. You don't have to go to your doctors. It's not a counts session. It, you just turn up and you are welcome. So you, you don't tell them you come in. You just literally get your backside through that door. Go there. Yeah. I promise most people that the first time that you go to turn up, make it in the car park, getting your two feet out that car, is yeah, hundred percent. Oh, um, and I can promise people they do. They walk inside, and they will have that moment of of relief. Yeah, they're still feeling. They go still going through their storm, of course, and yeah. like hard. And it might take a little bit of time, as you said, you know, weeks, months, or sometimes years, where you know they, they've got through their storm. But um, once they get inside, you know that weight. That is the first step for that weight to start being relieved off their shoulders. Um, I can't say I'm past mental health now, and but I can make, as you said, that choice of 
and his man club. Yeah. Uh, We've just got to keep working. Again, there's not going to be a quick solution for anything, but I think it's like, no. like mo- most things that, but, uh, but what I do know is about these things that are difficult to do is what progresses you in your career, your, your business. It, you know, there's not a lot of things that are easy that are rewarding. Um, you know, speaking from having a public speaking fear, like seven and a half years ago, uh, like I was petrified of public speaking. And I run a podcast, speaking in front of hundreds of people. And again, this isn't like massaging my ego, but I didn't even stand up at my wedding. Like my best man stood up, my um, missus's sister stood up and gave a speech. I remained bummed down, like, and refused to give any form of speech. That was seven years ago, and that was a choice. Um, now I couldn't give a flying monkeys. You know, um, I'm I'm quite renowned to speak my whatever I want on. Instagram on whatever and if you don't like it that's cool I've got no issue with that but it's the same as with the mental health it's the same as with in my opinion your your income your business it's all a choice but there's that level of resistance like you would if you're going to a meeting is the same as everything else you know oh I don't like Facebook oh I don't like this yeah but there's other sides of the 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 you know on the other side of the door which again I think I'm assuming you get that with a meeting so so I would personally say just take that and I think it'd be the same, similar. About seven years ago, I went to a personal development men only, um, like discovery day, with my ex coach Paul Mort. Paul Mort's like a mental, like life coach that, as you know, is, um, was going to commit suicide, etc. If anyone wants to Google Paul Mort, he's world class at what he does. But he ran something in Newcastle, and I remember that feeling walking up the stairs at the at this big posh hotel. There was only about 30 of us turned up, but Jesus Christ, like, I was absolutely shitting myself. We had to be there for half past seven in the morning. It was an all-day thing. And again, it wasn't strictly on um, mental health, but it was on if you, you know, law um, and you want to get to a, a, operate at a certain level, this course will change everything, and I suppose that, that did change everything, but I, I'll never forget that feeling that uh, I was even that worried about it. We're 30 miles from Newcastle. I stayed in a hotel the night before because I didn't want to drive. Um, so I actually stayed in Newcastle, which is only 40 minutes like drive, but I booked a hotel. So I was there at seven o'clock and didn't like yeah, trying to get in the right frame of mind. And I still wasn't in the right frame of mind. So I imagine that's the same feeling. But now, that, you know, it's yeah. what a difference seven years makes. Yeah, definitely. And first steps and... You know, me doing this this podcast with you now, going back 18 months, not a... Wasn't going to happen. Um, to be honest, I couldn't, even when I was getting help and, you know, I've been through counselling uh, and what have you and, and different sides of it and tried quite a few things, I still got to a point, I just can't see a way out. And, and anxiety was through the roof, the depression was... I kind of that got to the end of my what I thought was my own choices, and I just, I was at a completely dead end uh, with life, and uh, yeah, um, I'm proud as much now, and you know I've never admitted that I'm actually proud of of myself or where I've got to, but why not? Apart I, from obviously going to Andy's man club, what what um, is there any other tactics um, or anything else you've used that you could say on the podcast? that you now do regularly, daily, weekly, 
what else are you doing to sort of, well, even say get back on the straight and narrow, you know what I mean? It's a bit brutal to say, but that, you know, it's, it's the same for everyone. What else are you, what else have you done that's worked for you? There's, there's a few things I, you know, my wife is an absolute lifesaver. She's my absolutely rock. Um, and you know, that, that, that's one thing. And, and trying to open up to my wife is, and keep on talking. There's that one, uh, breathing. And not just like, you know, what we're doing now. Yeah. We'll go far without that. Being alive. <laughs> but, uh, actually proper controlled breathing. Yeah. Um, there's loads of different like YouTubes that you can uh, do um, for breathing, for relaxation. Um, you know, where, where you're kind of like doing three quarters of the breath, breath, holding, bring it back more, hold it for whatever feels comfortable. And I can you know, virtually order for nearly a minute now then, and then it is a controlled exhale and doing that for, you know, five, 10 minutes a day, but in a, in an area where you're not going to get disturbed, there's no distractions whatsoever. It's just, it's just you and, you know, your own space. So, and that just, it, I know it sounds corny, like breathing could just help clear the mind, but it does, it can just bring you back to you uh, again. So yeah, there's some, some tactics that I do. Um, strangely, I'm doing an eight currently. I'm halfway through an eight week meditation and breathing um, course. Uh, I go once every two weeks. Um, guy's called uh, Lone Wolf Vision. He he actually is a keynote speaker at our event. Um, every, we have like a uh, an annual event for all of our clients and awards ceremony, and he's a keynote speaker at that. And then, in fact, everyone enjoyed it that 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 much last year. We're putting on a half day. Uh, breathing and meditation um, and then a walk uh, the day before the big party. So obviously, yeah, we're having a bit, you know, we're having a personal development day, then a big party with, you know, drinks and a bar. But the day before, half a day breathing workshop with, which again, some people go, oh, I'm not doing that. But the amount of floor layers and the amount of flooring companies and stuff we did, like we only did about um, 35 minutes at the last one. And everyone said, like, that was amazing. Couldn't believe it. Said, so, well, everyone's, you know, if I told you we were doing it, you would have thought it was a bit strange. But when there's uh, 50 people doing it in a room, that that was a different thing. And we hope to have 100 people this year. So it's, um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm, strangely, I've, I never ever got into it. Never, never could actually, Paul Moore, as it was always about meditation and the breathing. And it's took me seven years to actually think, right, I need to take this seriously now. Um, and now, yeah, I've just signed up for that. So yeah, another thing people can try and people, you, when you first start, like everything, you feel like a bit of a prat, sat in a quiet room thinking, yeah. what, what, how do you do this? Uh, first time, it's like, what on earth are all that about? And just like, you know, or you get halfway through and you think, I'm going to go for, you know, a cuppa and stop this nonsense. But give it a go, see it through. Um, yeah. yeah. And one other quick thing as well is give yourself a reward. Yeah. Have something to look forward to all the time. This weekend, I'm going, you know, a long weekend in, in log cabin. And I've already got next little kind of like treat lined up for a few months afterwards. I'm not talking like money's tight. Money's, you know, cost of living and what have you. Everyone's feeling that. But um, it's just give yourself treats along the way as well. Just give yourself something to look forward to. I think it's also important to recognize your wins, no matter small, big, whatever. Like, you know, if you notice them every day, note them down, put them in a book by your bed. And I don't care what type of day anyone's had, even if you had a really shit day, there's something of positive that has come about 
today, you know, it's, um, and it's not all about, oh, well, I got this massive job, I got this, I got that. Just them small little, you know, walking in and giving one of your kids a cuddle, that's a win. You know, if you've had a, sh you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, I got a 20 grand job, you know, that could be a win as well. But I think noting them down and stacking them, that that's a massively powerful thing. I kind of, I binge that. Sometimes I'll do a couple of months and sometimes I won't. Um, but that, that certainly does just help just to recognise that, there's not always a shit day, but uh, no, love that, Dave. Um, I think um, we've covered most things. I, I, I think we'll do a few questions in stand, the standard podcast um, tradition. So three people would you like a pint with in the pub, Dave? Who, who would they be? Wow. Um, right. Okay. So you had an idea this was coming. Uh, yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. Okay. Um, we know... Robin Williams, he committed suicide probably himself, but Robin Williams, amazingly quirky, funny, absolutely mad at it. But having a pint with him to see who he actually is behind all that, that kind of like, you know, facade or, you know, or whatever, see what the man is uh, beyond that. Uh, yeah. uh, watched many, many of his interviews and he's just absolutely just pure bonkers. Another one, uh, one of my favourite actors, Morgan Freeman. Oh, great, yeah, great guy. What fifty decades? Fifty decades. Can't even say the words right. Of an A-list, being an A-lister, um, she he's got some, you know, quite different political views as well. He's been through hardships and what have you. The uh, paralysed in his in his left hand. Um, so yeah, Morgan Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah. The third one uh, I've been struggling with, to be honest, but. Um, at the Harrogate show, um, spent a little bit of time with Matt from Gecko. Oh, yeah. Dutch, a good laugh. So I'm going to put Matt from Gecko <laughs> uh, on that list. Oh, I love him. He'll love that, won't he? He's so much of a chuckle, and it's been it's been excellent. So, yeah, rightly deserved in, uh, in that spot for that one. Love that. Uh, we always ask um, a question from the last podcast, which the strange one I got was, what's your favourite soup? My favourite soup, um, oh, what is it? That curry flavoured uh, mulligatawani, is it? If I'm saying it correctly, oh, I've never heard of I think they say it's like a curry like soup. Um, going with like the traditional tomato, it's a bit, mm, bit boring. I, I, I like my spicy foods, so but uh, a soup that I can hardly say the words for mulligatawani, uh, bit of extra pepper in there, love it, love that. And what question, dear, bear in mind, you don't know who the next guest is, but give me a question to ask the next guest. Anything at all. I've had, like, as I said, I've had soup. I've had flooring industry ones. Give me a question for the next person. All right. Uh, if you could change or get rid of one piece of technology, what would it be? Like it. Completely obliterate that uh, piece of technology. What would it be? Technology, great. That's because I'm yes. four screens now, so probably the other three that I get rid of. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then we're going to go. We've got two more questions for you, and this next one could be the most difficult one, or probably is the most difficult one, uh, especially with the subject we've been touching on. So the last last question officially is. Dave, what's holding you back currently? What's holding me back currently? I think the only honest answer to that is me. 
um, completely, you know, I'm surrounded by people now are kind of like, be yourself and the supportive and what have you. So it's, it's just me, I think. Um, and with saying that, I've spent a lot of time worrying about what other people think of me. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm now beginning to kind of like think, stop what they think. Absolutely. Let's be me and let's go out and then and achieve things. I'm 45 and, you know, yes, I feel old and I bet some people are listening thinking that's old and laughing. And I bet some 18-year-olds will be uh, listening and thinking, yes, it is. But, um, you know, there's 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 plenty of life left in this uh, old dog yet. And uh, I just need to kind of like sod what other people think and, and just go and do what, you know, I, I want to and need to do for, for me and, and my family and what I'm passionate about, the flooring industry. Fantastic. Love that answer. Uh, I'm glad I'm I'm 40 this year, so you got five years on me, so it's all right. <laughs> well, uh, cool. So <laughs> what is the best way, uh, obviously, I think Andy's mentally people can search that, but what is the best way to reach out to you, CP, your day job, et cetera, et cetera? Where, you know, LinkedIn, Insta, you know, what what's the best way to make contact to you and your team? If people feel comfortable using Facebook, uh, we're, we're on Messenger, send us a quick message. Uh, myself, I'm on LinkedIn, CP Assessment says, but if the people want to just uh, type in my name, David Russell, uh, I'm on there. Send me a message at any one point. There's our website, constructionandplantassessments.co.uk. Um, there's all the, the contactors through there and the phone numbers. Uh, there's uh, certain staff with work mobiles as well, so we're always here to, to you know, answer your call. If there is anyone out there who is finding it a little bit difficult and, and you know, want to to talk to us, we have a um, a 24-7 contact number because uh, we offer safeguarding to all our learners. But to be honest, anyone in the flooring industry, if they want to talk to someone they don't know, just to get some off the chest, um, they can contact us on our website. There's a safeguarding number, which is on there. They can contact us and we're, we're here to help anybody we can. Um, you know, we felt it. We just want to help. So, yeah, uh, the office number oh one seven oh nine eight six eight one eight one. Um, or if they're in the area, just pop in. You don't need mobilisation to come in here. Pop in. Kettle's always on. Yeah, and if possible, everyone that's listening, come to the CP Open Day, yes. th- Friday the thirteenth of October. Even I can remember that now. And you obviously knew it was in the diary, but now it's the thirteenth. Uh, yeah, Friday the 13th, um, 10 or 5, come raise some money. Um, and if you can't, for fuck's sake, ask for help if you need it. Absolutely. <laughs> Go on our website, registered for that day. Thank you very much, Dave, coming on the on the UK Flying Podcast. Great podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Tom. Don't forget, if you want more information about Roomvore, visit their website, getroomvore.com. That's get.roomvore.com. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockrellandco.co.uk. That's cockrell 
www.cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is Cockerell and Co. And also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.